Bryce Harper is a Philadelphia Philly. 13 years into the future, he will still be there. Also, Kyler Murray is a man, and he might just be the next great quarterback in the NFL. That and more. This is the We Don't Know Sports Podcast. Stay tuned. So many things has happened, really in a week where so many things has happened in the world of sports. Today, we are dealing with a blackout. We are setting the mood and bringing the podcast to you in pitch black. Unfortunately, Canadian Biggie will not join us because of technological difficulties, but I'm sitting here in a dark, desolate place with Mr. Brown. Don't get so close to me. No promises, man. We might have to keep warm here in a minute if it don't come back on soon. Uh, we'll huddle together for never mind. I'm not even going that route. <laughs> so let's get down to the brass tacks of the situation here. We know it's dark, but somebody whose power probably will never go off again is Bryce Harper because today it's official 13 years, $330 million, Philadelphia Phillies. Bryce Harper. I mean, thank God that's over. You know what I mean? I mean, it, that was the worst offseason I could remember and just. I mean, we still got like 28 days till uh, opening day. I mean, are you sure you're excited it's over? I'm just excited the the Bryce Harper saga is over because I was so hearing about tired of hearing about how he's going to sign tomorrow with this team or that team. The and Dodgers, I, the White Sox, uh, the, the Phillies, the, the Nats, the Giants. I'm just glad it's over. Just let let him just crash and burn and, and Philly and just – I'm good with it. I mean, so you think he's going to crash and burn? I mean, I you know this is a big contract, and, and the question is, you know, one, we'll get into the the details about the contract in a second. But Bryce Harper is now a Philly, so immediately speaking, how does he help the team? And are they a contender now? I mean, is it, does that do anything for him? I mean, let's be real. As much as I hate to say it, you know, being a Braves fan, this this completes the rebuild. They've been working towards this rebuild since they. Uh, Traded Utley, yeah. Rollins, uh, Hamels. Um, they, have, they have all these young prospects coming up. They've blended in with some uh, re- veterans getting real Muto, McCutcheon, Harper. Uh, it's 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 kind of completed the process. So it could be very ugly for the rest of the teams in NL East for the next decade, really, if it works to their favor. I mean, I, like you said, picking up real Muto, I mean, probably the best catcher in baseball. McCutcheon might have a little bit left in the tank. You know, I mean, good, good filter. And then – Harper, if, if he has years like he did last year, then we're looking at this saying it's a, a terrible contract in a couple of years. But for right now, when you look at the potential upside, and I think I even saw before he signed the deal that wasn't he the odds-on favorite to win the NL MVP? I mean, he's got to be right there in the top two or three. I mean, personally, I'd take my boy Arenado ahead of him, but uh, he's definitely top two or three material. He's got to get that average up a little bit. Well, we'll get to Arenado in a minute because he he got a little bit richer this week as well. So Bryce Harper signed him for 13 years at 330. Uh, is this a good deal for him? Is it a – well, obviously it's a good deal. He's $330 million richer, but does this make the most sense, and how do the Phillies look on this? I mean, it's obviously a good deal for him. I mean, he's it's the richest contract in the history of the game, beating Stan's contract barely. Um, I am a little shocked that it went 13 years at 330. When we saw the Machado 10-year 300, 
I assume that Bryce Harper would have got 10 years, 330 without just 10 I 100% years. 100% agree. I mean, I thought that's what we were going to get was the 10 mark at 330. I thought it could have even been as high as 350. But, you know, 330 was definitely right in the ballpark. I think I said minimum he was getting 325 last week. But I never in a million years thought it would be anything more than 10 years because all we've heard about is how bad the 10-year contract is. And now we got a 13. And I'll say this. I think that the uh, if you sit back and look at both deals after it's said and done, I feel like Machado's came out a little bit ahead as far as the perception going in. Well, yeah. Well, a couple of things for me. This is why I don't like the deal for Bryce Harper's sake is, one, he's not making as much per year as some of these other guys. Like, you know, he, he's in it for the long haul. There's there's a no-trade clause. He has that. But everything else is just – it is what it is. It's 13 years. There's no player option. There's no club option. I mean, he's just there. You know, there's no opt-out whatsoever. So, But what I was hearing is he didn't want one, which is kind of weird to me because he lives near Vegas. He's now – just stuck in Philly for 13 years for better or for worse, hopefully for worse, but I mean, he's stuck. There's, he's just there for the I mean, next 13 years. Why would you years. not want one? Like, it, what sense does that make? That's not never – I mean, it's, that's not a bad thing to have options, and it's like just to say that he didn't want it, I don't understand it. I mean, if the market changes and you have a good couple of years and you've got the opportunity to better yourself, you've lost that leverage now. It's gone. I mean, here, and here, also, on top of that, and like I was looking at his deal with the breakdown. The majority of the years, he's getting 26 uh, per – for most of the years, the last three or four uh, years, he's at $22 million, which sounds like a lot, but we're talking about 13 years from now when that could be like the average salary. <laughs> yeah, that's what your uh, utility infielder might make. I mean, <laughs> that could be your qualifying offer at that point, you know what I mean? Or maybe even less. I mean, I think that's, well, that's, I mean, that's a win for the Phillies, really. Compared to Bobby Bonilla, it'll be more money than what he's making in 13 years. Uh, Bobby Bonilla is just a man before his time, I'm telling you. <laughs> that's the best deal ever. I mean... He's like, I, I don't trust myself with this money. You just pay me for the next 50 years. And so when Harper's deal is over in 13 years, Benia still has, what, two years left? No, four. Four years left. So he's a made man. He's doing all right. That's legit. I mean, what kind of person, you win the lottery, and you say, I'm going to take the, the payments and not the lump sum? Well, it could have been Harper. Yeah. Because they in in Washington, they offered him a 10-year, $300 million deal, if you heard that. I heard that. So they were going to do that almost identical deal to Machado, except for the Nats were being a little more frugal with their money, and I don't think Harper liked it. So it went something along the lines of, we're going to take $100 million of that $300 million, and we're going to backload it and pay you from when you retire to when you turn 60. So however many you know, years that would have been versus how many millions of dollars a year. He he would have had the Benia con- contract plus some. I heard the number, the uh, the 10 for 300 with the Nats, and I was thinking that's a no-brainer, but then you hear that, and he's like, I think he looks at it as a slap in the face. It's like those uh, J.G. Wentworth commercials on TV. It's my money, and I want it now. <laughs> yeah, and Bryce Harper's the type of guy who wants his money now. I mean, let's be real. Well, he lives in Vegas, baby. There you go. He needs it. So on the other end of the spectrum, I think that the Nolan Arenado deal, I thought that was a great deal like I, for the Rockies and for him because, you know, what he signed, seven years for 265 No, I think it was eight. Was it eight years? Yeah. Seven or eight years. Either way. But I think after five years, you know, there's a, there's a player option. So if, if the market adjusts and he continues to just do what he's doing and has the opportunity to you know change his financial situation, he has the ability to do that. He's not locked in for that entire eight years. He can actually opt out. I absolutely love that deal for Arenado and the Rockies because he stays where he's been, he, where he's been comfortable. 
You know, he loves Coors Field, which why wouldn't he? He plays an excellent third base, gold glove, probably the best defensive third baseman in the game. I agree. I mean, the Rockies, are, they're smart for locking him up, man, because I'm going to say this. I would definitely build my team more around Arenado than either Machado or Bryce Harper. So, to me, he was the better of the three. Well, you know who's really pissed about that contract, don't you? Who's that? The Yankees. Oh, yeah. Oh, they were all in on oh, him yeah. next year. They and, wanted and they him should in a bad be. way. They should be. And they're not even going to they, – they get to just sit there and cry now. And, and now, I love that that some of these the, – the, the Padres and the Rockies, these uh, small market teams – have just threw some serious jack at their players. In the Dodgers division, so it makes it cool. <laughs> it's not not in the, the, the ones that we care about as much, but the the thing is, I think it's got to be good for baseball. As long as they afford it, you don't see anything you know tragic happen down the road, but when these small market teams are starting to show that, you know what, we'll throw some money around, we're going to keep stars here, Man, that's only going to be good for the sport, right? I mean, absolutely. And the the Giants were talked about as trying to sprint, spend some money too. So, I mean, just think if they would have gotten Harper. You know, they'd have Machado, Arenado, Harper, all in the same division. But it's good that everybody is trying to throw out the money and use that revenue sharing and the TV deals if it's going to benefit their club. So, big question I have just wrapping up with baseball. Are, are we going to see like a, a lightning round of free agents being signed now over the next week? I think we will. I think that everyone was kind of waiting to see, obviously, those big dogs, you know, fall off the market and they're gone now. It kind of set the benchmark for some, even though we got some pitchers out there. Well, that's what I really want to ask because we've only seen position players, right? So, I mean, who goes first, Keiko or Kimbrell? Uh, I think Keiko goes first. Because Kimbrell, like, he, he's already thrown that crap about not playing, right? I heard that rumor, but then his agent squashed and said that was untrue. It's fake news, but. I think they'll both uh, Kimbrel come out and play. I just don't think he's going to get the six years that he initially wanted. Well, the way that bullpens and things work now, like nobody's giving a closer that. I I think you're right. I think he's going to hit, he's going to have to come down or he won't be playing this year. So are we? What type of deal do you think we're going to see for Keiko? Uh, I mean, it's hard to tell. I think he'll get about seventeen, eighteen per. I don't. It just depends on how many years he gets. How old is Keiko? Early 30s. Okay. So, I had to guess. so he's got some miles. He's got some tread worn on the tires. You know, he, he's not not exactly, um, you know, a situation where he can't, you know, play catch in spring training like uh, Clayton Kershaw right, right now. Right, right, but, but, you know, how much money? I, I think six years is probably the max that you would want to do yeah, for a pitcher I, over 30. I was going to say four or five, but uh, you could go six if you're comfortable, uh, you know. But that's got to be it. Correct. You can't go over that. No. Uh, any idea where he might go? Uh, they said the, the Phillies said they're interested in both him and Kimbrell, but only on short-term deals. Uh, Atlanta's been linked to both of them as well. Uh, I think you can't count out the uh, Dodgers or the Giants because if they're wanting to throw that money, uh, they they could be looked at as well, especially with Kershaw. Uh, maybe need an. Those are policy. all the teams that we have seen that are willing to throw money right. right. I mean, right now they're they're all they're all they were all in the sweepstakes for Machado or Harper. They didn't all get it, so now they got to spend it somewhere. Well, let me bring this up though. Everyone was in a panic about the free agent process and like it's broken. We need to fix it. I think people need to realize that the the game has changed. Because the big dogs, they still got their money. The, the, the market just had to be assessed at a very lengthy process. At the end of the day, they both got you know double digits on their years. They're going to get their money, but the teams are going to do their due diligence to see you know what they're going to do and what they're not going to do. And it, they just got to make it work. And we're going to see more players 
wait until spring training starts to get these deals. It's not going to be like these November deals and before Christmas it's going to happen anymore. You know, I, I know people got tired of hearing about it, but don't sit here and tell me it's not good for baseball. That baseball in January and February were all over the headlines. That you were hearing about this all the time. You heard about these big names, and it was the Bryce Harper watch, the Manny Machado watch. We were all waiting on something to happen. So, I mean, th- those are those are positive things for the sport. Like, you might get upset about the principle about billionaires and millionaires squabbling over money. Uh, you know, get over yourself with that because this is sports and we know what it is. And as long as we keep paying for TV, we keep showing up to the games and buying $7 beers, it's going to happen. And what's even better, you might even see like Bryce Harper and I roll down to spring training like Rick Vaughn coming off the back of a motorcycle just to roll up in. I'm here at camp, boys. Let's do this. He might he might be more of the uh, Dorn, though. Yeah, with know. the uh, classic car. Yeah, and, and bringing the golf clubs. <laughs> Don't give me none of that old lay bullshit. <laughs> Says right here in my contract, I don't have to do any calisthenics. <laughs> oh, now goodness. everyone can just imagine the sound of water on paper. Yeah. <laughs> so even though Bryce Harper had the biggest news of the day, the, the second tier article that came out came from the NFL And I think the NFL is trying to take a page out of the playbook of the NBA by trying to be in the limelight, even in the offseason now, because we got a a few fun things to talk about. But Kyler Murray shows up. The NFL Combine is going on right now. And guess what? He's not five foot eight. He's five foot ten. He's the same height as Russell Wilson. 207 pounds, and everything else seemed to be okay. So what happened to Kyler Murray's stock today? Oh, it's through the roof. There's about about 32 teams ready to jump in from the beginning, I think. It's over now. This is a foregone conclusion. He is going to be the number one draft pick. I'm I'm telling you right now, it is Baker Mayfield 2.0, but he might even be better than Baker Mayfield because he's more athletic. I don't know. I'm not necessarily a believer in Kyler Murray long-term in the NFL because I don't know how it translates. Russell Wilson's a different cat because he's a quarterback that can run, and I'm not sure that Kyler Murray is. He might just be a glorified Lamar Jackson, which turns out may still get you in the playoffs. But all of a sudden, and we we were talking about this this afternoon, that we said, right, oh, he's going to go top five now. He's going to go right away. And I'm listening to people like Mel Kuyper on the radio today saying, oh, he's going to go number one. They said that this evening because now all of a sudden that he's 5'10", he might as well be 6'5". Let's be real though. He's no Baker Mayfield. Come on. I mean, you're you're, you're stretching it, you, and you know it. Look, I love Baker Mayfield. I think he's a punk, but I like that he plays with that chip on his shoulder because he backs it up. Here's here's where the interesting part of the story for me goes: is who has the number one draft pick? I think it's the Arizona Cardinals, correct? And who's the coach of the Arizona Cardinals? Oh Lord, here we go, uh, Mister uh, Rookie. What's his name? Cliff again? Kingsbury. Cliff Kingsbury. This is going to be interesting. What did Cliff Kingsbury have to say about Kyler Murray? No, he said he'd take him. Says the best guy he's ever seen, and he'd take him, right? Oh, yeah. Well, he finds himself in an ominous position being the number one uh, team picking, and Kyler Murray all of a sudden is everybody's favorite new Hollywood starlet. Let's kind of put your money where your mouth is, you know? He's already said it on record. Yeah, and and here's the thing. It's funny, you know, you being a Raiders fan, earlier you were like, I'd take him in the back half of the first round. 
Does your opinion change at all? I honestly, I'm sticking to that. I don't think any team should pick him in the top five, so I wouldn't want him to take him at four. I don't I mean he may not be there at four, but I, I don't see him going that early. But we'll see. Like I'll eat crow when necessary, and I'm not sitting here telling you he's going to be rookie of the year. I'm not sitting here saying he's going to be the best player in the draft. When I say Baker Mayfield 2.0, what I mean is it's the same thing that happened last year. Baker Mayfield comes out. He's a fringe first-round talent. And then all of a sudden, pro day happens and interviews happen. And all of a sudden, they talked it up. And and then, oh, he might go in the top five. Uh He might go number one. And then he went number one. The same thing's happening with Kyler Murray. It's starting at the Combine. And now he's going to go at his pro day because he's not thrown to the combine. And, you know, the agents are so funny. They put little things out there. Like they said, well, he's not throwing at the combine. Then they come back like two days later. Well, you know, he might because when he gets around these other guys and they're throwing the ball, he's so competitive. He might just want to get out there and throw it too. But as of right now, there's no plans for him to throw. Like what the hell is that about? I mean, I think you just got to throw. I mean, I think that he's that type of talent. Just get out there and let it go. I feel like he – I'll say this. I, from from the beginning, I've been a huge Kyler Murray you supporter. Have. Absolutely. I called this. He's going to NFL. I said it, what, four months you ago? Did. You were ahead of everybody on this. So, But I'm sticking to it. I think he'll be a Pro Bowl-type quarterback, not that the Pro Bowl means anything. It doesn't. But I feel like he's going to be a good talent in NFL. He's going to be way better than Lamar Jackson because he can run. He, he can actually stay in the pocket and pass. Um, so he's going to be the real deal. I feel like whatever team – does draft him, he's going to turn them into a contender for years to come. Well, it's going to be the Arizona Cardinals. So they're going to turn around the year after they draft Josh Rosen, and they're going to get another quarterback. They are. I'm going to tell you. You're being for real. So I'm I'm listening to the owner the other day, and and they're asking him about the situation. Like, it's already there where people have to go stick a microphone in the owner's face and say, would you draft another quarterback? And his answer, I you know, I don't have the audio file, and this isn't verbatim, but it's something along the lines of, well, I mean, you know, Rosen is absolutely our quarterback, you know, for right now, as things lay the yeah. way they are. You know, oh, wow, that's a vote of confidence. Well, you yeah. know what you do? Right now. You come out and you say, unquestionably, he is the leader of our team, and he is the guy that's going to lead our franchise for the foreseeable future. And even then, saying foreseeable future is kind of a dick move, too. But – the writing is on the wall, and I'll tell you why the writing's on the wall, is because I could get my phone right now and show you Josh Rosen's Instagram, and he's done removed every single picture that had anything with the Cardinals on it. So the writing's on the wall. I mean, the endorsement there, that's pathetic. I'll give you that, because he's pretty much like, well, we're gonna, he's our quarterback for now until uh, Goodell gets out on the stage, then uh, <laughs> we'll talk. But. It's kind of the same thing that's going on in New York with Eli Manning. Like, ah, it's the guy we got. Yeah, he still deserves to play unless we get someone else. Uh, that'd be very interesting two years in a row. But, I mean, I'm not saying it's out of the possibility. So what do you do with Rosen? You trade it, right? Absolutely. Because you don't take him. You don't want you don't want take him. Yeah, you don't want two quarterbacks from two back to back. No, absolutely not. So what's he worth? Rosen? Yeah. Oh. I mean, what if you're a team last year that fell in love with him and you just didn't draft him because the Cardinals got him before you? But you still feel like he might be better than any of these other quarterbacks you're scouting out right now. I mean, if I'm like the Miami Dolphins, I'd be looking at him. I mean, would he be worth a first-round pick? I don't know about first. 
I'd say probably definitely a second, right? Second, probably. But but I would have felt that strongly against this class. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if there, it's like, do I want Drew Locke or do I? No, I could I could trade my twenty first pick. I don't know who twenty first pick is, so I'm not starting that rumor. I'm just saying, like, don't piss off the Saints fans. They don't have a first round pick. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I apologize, Saints fans. That was my mistake. <laughs> it could have been next year's first round pick. Yeah. So the the point though is there might be a team that fell in love with him last year that would give up a first round, but I think it's much more likely, like you said, there's probably plenty that would give up a second-round pick. And if you're the Cardinals and you know that you're going to draft Kyler Murray, why not go get a second-round pick at worst and just continue to build your team back up? Yeah, and I'm sure they'd give a second round plus something else. I mean, so I think you're absolutely right. Build depth. If you think Kyler Murray's your guy for the future – you absolutely get the picks and move on. You can't have Rosen and him in the same, you know, pocket back there taking reps, practicing. It just can't happen. What about the Raiders with two first round picks? Would they would they part with the latter one, the one late in the round to pick up a Josh Rosen? Oh, I hope not. I absolutely <laughs> hope not. You're not a Josh Rosen believer. I'm not. I'm, I would rather have Derek Carr than Rosen. <laughs> that's that's pretty good. Seeing how he ranked 34th in QBR the past two years. Oh yeah, I hear you. Uh, the, the the thing, the last thing I, I just want to say on this that that gets me is uh, some people are going to crap all over Rosen, and I never really was a big Rosen fan because I, I thought he was a pretty good college quarterback, and he had, the concussion thing to me was enough to make me stay away from him, but. When you look at the film from what he did this past year, you're probably going to be horrified because he played on a garbage team. So I think what it really comes down to is the people who fell in love with him last year, if that analysis still holds true. But if you're looking at what he did for the Cardinals, I don't think anybody's feeling like they're going to spend a a first-day or second-day pick on him. No, I agree with you. But, I mean, enough about Rosen. Think about this. You got freaking Kyler Murray. You got David Johnston. I mean, think about the resurgence here. And Mr. Kingsbury might look like the Mad Hatter. He might be like a genius out there, like resurgence of errors. You know, the, he might look like Sean McVay. This is crazy. I mean, it could possibly happen. That much speed, and there's going to be options to play. I mean, to call. It, it'll be interesting, but I, I I don't know. We'll see what happens. It's very interesting. So so in keeping with the the theme of the NFL trying to dominate headlines. When they're not in season, this isn't necessarily one that they wanted to dominate with. And we haven't talked since the past weekend. And everyone knows that the story came out about Bob Kraft. And that Bob Kraft likes to go to Florida during the AFC Championship game and take his Bentley and drive into a strip mall. And, you know, between the... The Subway, the Renna Center, and the Little Caesars, he finds the, whatever the name of the place is, the Massage Parlor. and goes Hot and Ready. Hot and Ready. <laughs> <laughs> That's Little Caesars. That's different. <laughs> the, the, the Asian Orchid, or whatever it was called, and he goes in there, you know, because no one's going to, you know, be suspicious when a Bentley pulls into a strip mall. And, and you know, he, he got his jollies there. And, and, you know, it's a misdemeanor, and I'm not trying to debate, you know, what the ethics are of all this or anything, but the fact is, you know, he did something dirty. He continues to do some strange things ever since, you know, his wife passed away. But what does this mean for Bob Kraft and his legacy? I mean, I really don't think it means anything, honestly. He'll get get some punishment from the NFL. He'll probably get fined. I think, what's the minimum they said? The maximum that you can find an owner is $500,000. 
he's worth a couple of billion dollars. Right. That's like you getting fined five bucks at work. Which leads me to believe you're a billionaire, okay? So why would you not be smart enough to go to freaking Vegas where it's legal, okay, and there's no penalties, or just get on Tinder like every other sleazy person out there <laughs> and just do it for free? I mean, who tipped him off to this place? I mean, how does he find out about it? Like, I mean, where does this story go? <laughs> I mean, you can find Asians on Tinder and also in Vegas. <laughs> you so, can. So what's the problem? I don't know. I, I mean, he's... And he went twice. And did you hear how the police identified him? How they figured out it was him? No. Well, when they saw the Bentley roll out of the strip mall, they pulled him over. Oh and that's God. how they ID'd him. I mean, the Pats fans, they're furious. They're like, I mean, give the guy a break. He's 70-something years old. His wife passed away. He gives a Super Bowl after Super Bowl. If anybody deserves a rug and tug, it's him. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, he deserves it. So they're like praising the guy. They are because, you know, he's the guy that brought him the championships, right? But at the end of the day, I think what you said, like there's ways he could have went about doing this that we'd never find out about. Hey, listen, let me let me retract a little bit. People out there, if you're single and you choose to use Tinder for whatever reason, you're not really sleazy. Okay? <laughs> what you do behind closed doors is your business. I mean, it is that's the same as Robert Kraft. I think they're sleazy. Well, that's, it is what it is. Tinder's you're just saying sleazy. it because you you can't use it. So, yeah, I could, but then I'd be sleazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I, I'll say this: that video of him and uh, what was it Cardi? What Cardi? Cardi B? Yeah, that that video or no, the photo we put up of him dancing with her. It was it creeped me out. So the writing was on the wall. I mean, how do we not all see it? Well, I mean, it started whenever you know he got that. I don't know the girlfriend from back when he did the uh, photo shoot. No, not the acting. The, uh, the green screen, yeah, the, yeah. the screen yeah. test, and uh, you know he knocked the guy out right with that stiff right hand. You know that was his girlfriend at the time. I don't know if that's who he's still with, but you know she's obviously half his age. No, she was. He's seventy, right? Yeah, she probably looked like she was early twenties. Yeah, she was that. I mean, so she might be thirty something. I think now. it was like his, one of his granddaughter's friends. <laughs> it might have been <laughs> selling Girl Scout cookies, <laughs> but. You know, he, so he hooks up with her. So, I mean, that's good for him, you know, if you're you're trying to get your rug and tug or whatever. You know, he, he's got it there because he hooked up with a younger lady and props to him, you know, shows you what money can buy. Now, again, how did he find the place in Florida? Like, there's got to be more to the story. And that's my thing is I just want the details on how it came about. And I know a lot of people just want to say, just leave the guy alone. I mean, a lot of people saying that, but didn't they say originally that there was a bigger name? And I haven't heard it yet. Have you Adam it? Schefter said that, and and no, I have not heard who the name is. But Tiger Woods. It might be Tiger. It's Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah, I was say, if it's down there in Florida. They said Mar-a-Lago is only 18 miles away. That's absolutely Trump. So we are we are here not to speculate about the name, but like most of you, we're dying to know, but we are I not. I swear, it used to be huge. <laughs> huge. <laughs> we're not trying to say who it is, but we're dying to find out so bobby you know the biggest thing that this could impact for him might be you know he's he was about to be inducted into the hall of fame he's up for that and i could see that being it's more the financial repercussions aren't going to bother him it's going to be more about the tarnish on his reputation i mean the nfl to hall of fame is not really about integrity like the it's Major not baseball it's not fame, they do so not I mean, take that into account so i think it'll be fine the the thing is, if though, anything, he might add to his legacy. <laughs> <laughs> He's not Will Chamberlain. <laughs> so the uh, the thing for me though is, is it going to be one of those situations where now 
for for the end of time, whenever people talk about Bob Kraft, like this is what they're going to remember. I, I well maybe because they're at the end of the dynasty. They have to be. Of course, we say that every year. If they don't go and win another Super Bowl, it very well may, may be what he remember. But by. even if they do, like people are going to remember the Super Bowl from Belichick and Brady more than Kraft. Yeah, I mean, those, those that's are the true. guys that, that are there. You know, people are going to remember Bob Kraft for the green screen, you know, girlfriend of the punch, Cardi B dancing, buying a safe house for Aaron Hernandez, and, you know, going to Florida on the AFC Championship game. And mouth kissing Tom Brady. Yes, multiple times. There is there is some definitely some some things going on in this. I game. mean, somebody should have stepped in and had an intervention. I mean, it, it, the writing was on the wall. Why didn't nobody step in and help this man? I, uh, you know what? He's the boss. You just go along with it. You're you're you're, you're just part of the train. That's true. Uh, well, you know what, Bob Kraft. You know, here's to you for having a good time, and hopefully, it doesn't cost you too much. But. Uh, yeah, you're sleazy, and you can't get around it now. It is what it is. <laughs> uh, so in a in a transition to a not-so-sleazy thing, I'm pretty excited about, and I'm not even a fan of this team, but did you hear that Jason Witten will no longer be calling games for Monday Night Football? I mean, that's what I was going to say. It's got to be a good thing because he's out of the booth, so uh, it's, it's a great thing for me. I hate the Cowboys, but uh, I'm all for it if it gets him out of the booth. What what brought him out of retirement? Like one year, like and then oh, I'm back. I'm gonna play. Again. I think he probably read his ratings. I mean, to be honest, he saw how bad he was. He's like, this isn't gonna work out. His like off color like references and just just he would blurt stuff out and he was so like out of line sometimes. Well, he scared Joe Tessitore to death. Yeah. Like you know he they would pan to a shot of him in the booth and he would be like hovering over him with his hands out like. And Tessitore just keep backing up, like, get away from me, you Neanderthal. I mean, Booker McFarland's got awful, but if it would take, if they throw him in the booth to get him off that damn crane, That'd I'm be fine all right. with that too. Just get him out of the damn view of the fans because they're trying to watch a ball game at, and his fat ass is in the way, at, blocking the whole view. At times, you know, he's got some decent insight, Booger does. It's just that this whole shtick with him riding around on his on his tractor down there, I can't, I can't handle it. I mean, it. it makes him more of a gimmick. It is definitely a gimmick, and and that's not what Monday Night Football used to be. But we're far removed from Howard Cosell and, and Al Michaels. Wow, <laughs> that was Catalina Winebaker. My bad. That wasn't John Madden. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Madden I, I bet you that one. Madden didn't do Monday Night Football though. But uh, yeah, so why why go back and play though? You know the the thing to me, I'm thinking that you know the year he retired, they sucked. And they went through all the stuff with Zeke being, you know, suspended, and that kept getting drug out and whatnot. And then all of a sudden, the Cowboys made the playoffs and won a playoff game last year. Do you think it was just a matter of him sitting back, going, "I can still do this. I didn't leave like a like a wounded animal. I can still play." And you know what? The team's not that bad. I, I think that's absolutely what it is. I feel like he saw that the team has gotten better without him since he's been gone. Like, they added pieces. You got Amari Cooper now. Yep. You got Zeke. You got Prescott, who won the playoff game. You have Witten. Maybe the, he's not a, he wasn't bad when he retired. I mean, but the fact is, he sat out a year. He rested his body. He may come out with a vengeance this year. I'm not saying, like, the best tight end in the division or anything. But, but he might be fresh. I mean, but he, 
he's better than what they had even now. So I mean, not a year. I mean, you you can't deny that Dak wouldn't love to have him on third downs. I mean, look what Antonio Gates did. He's like 400 pounds, and he still catches the ball. He's <laughs> me third time. How old is Antonio Gates? He's like 39. Oh, my gosh. I'm telling you, everybody wants to write, like, talk about Gronk and all these other tight ends, and don't write off Antonio Gates, man. No, he he's still up stats. playing. <laughs> not really much anymore, but he's still playing. No, but you know what? When you're in the red zone, you better know where he is. Absolutely. And on third downs, you're going to know where Witten is. And you know what? It only helps Dallas, and, and I, I don't know what they're paying him or what the cap penalty is. They didn't even talk about the salary. But, like, that's – well, I mean, did he have a, a contract when he retired? He I, might have. I don't know. Like, does that reinstate – and? And if it is, is he like at the end of the the contract where they would owe him a lot of money? Like, wouldn't that be funny if like Jerry Jones is like, well, sorry, we're going to have to cut you because we can't afford your salary. Yeah. But I was coming out of retirement. We'll give you the, we'll give you the veterans minimum. Yeah, you had the salary cap. We got to cut you. Sorry, we're not franchise tagging. I mean, in all seriousness, no, he's better than what they had. So I think it's a good move for both of them. If he comes out and shows he has anything left, I think it's a win win. Well, you know what? They're a playoff team. They added a, a future Hall of Famer, I think. Yeah, I think he's that good. We'll see if he's got anything left. Speaking of future Hall of Famers, the Eagles decided not to franchise oh, wow. tag Nick Foles. I didn't, I, know, I didn't know where you are going with that. <laughs> he's not a future Hall of Famer. Uh, but you know I love me some Nick Foles. And Nick Foles is no longer an Eagle. Is this a good decision or bad decision from the Eagles? I mean, it's an absolutely bad decision because – uh, Wentz hasn't shown he can stay healthy. Um, so I don't know what they're going to do now when he gets hurt because Wentz, I mean, he's a good quarterback, but he didn't even have it last year when he was playing because he couldn't he couldn't plan off that back foot. So I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I feel like you're coming around. I feel like six months ago you would have said they need to get rid of Foles right now. And now you've seen some of that Nick Foles magic. No, absolutely not. And they got to have depth, man, because, I mean, their guy's going to get hurt. They do have to have a backup quarterback. I mean, with Wentz, you got to have somebody who's reliable. I mean, so they might as well go ahead and sign Cap. <laughs> the might as well, yeah. twenty million. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But twenty million back up. <laughs> the 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 thing about Wentz too is, you know, he's got some things in the in the off the field or locker room, you know, uh, news that's come out where you know he's kind of lost the team, or I guess he wasn't taking being on the sideline as gracious as he should have, even though it was due to injury. And apparently it just really ate at him that Nick Foles was out there. And, and let's be honest, the team seemingly played better when Nick Foles was their quarterback. Oh, absolutely. Like, I don't know what it was, but, like, they rallied around him the way they didn't rally around Carson Wentz. And some of that was because Wentz didn't play real well. So, you know, Phillies, they're, they're going all in on this quarterback. Now, the good thing is he's still on his rookie deal. If he fizzles out or fails, you know, they can always start over. And I, I hate to see that. I don't want to see that happen to, to Carson Wentz. I think he has the potential to be a great quarterback. I mean, did he forget his North Dakota roots? He I mean, might that, have. That blue collar, like just you know, just grind after it, and he now he's like a, a problem teammate. I mean, he's a prima donna. Right? I don't know if well, he is. It seems or not. like, but the, the locker room is kind of split or I mean, turned I have on. Higher, uh, you know, opinion of North Dakotans. Is that how you say it? North Dakotians? Uh, Canadians. Oh, Canadians. There Canadians. you go. Let's, make yes. it, let's keep it simple. Yes, Canadians. So, so Canadians, you know, playing playing football in Philly, you know, yes, we expect more of their moral character, but you know, we'll see. I, I now now, where's Foles going to end up? Oh, but before you even go there, I, right. feel, I feel like the Philly fans they're torn. I feel like it's half and half. I mean, you got your guys that's saying, you know, we can't give up on Winch yet, and like he's the quarterback of the future kind of thing because he has talent. And then there's other ones that's like, you know, look what Foles has done for us, 
And now we're letting him go just like this. I mean, they're torn on who they think should be their I mean, starter. Yeah, you'll have some that are like, well, we got rid of the distraction. Now we can focus on having one quarterback. And the guy who brought him the ring is now going to be playing in another jersey. And then you'll see people justifying it's like, Look how he did last time he got a free agent contract. Need I remind you, his coach was Jeff Fisher, the quarterback killer. So right. I don't even want to hear that crap. But you're right. The fan base is completely divided. And the only thing that's going to fix it is Carson Wentz is going to have that pressure where he's coming out and has to perform. They got to make the playoffs. I mean, before I ask you where Foles is going to go, where you think he's going to go, do you think that he'll be good NFL starter if given the reins? Do I think he'll be a good NFL starter? I mean, do you think he's going to be good enough for a team to like a playoff team? 10, 10 to 20, like that rank. If I had to rank him as a quarterback, he, he'd be the 10th to 20th best quarterback. Uh, he's not a top 10. Where would you rate Wentz? I, same place. Oh, right there together. Yeah. I, I, I don't right. think there's much difference between right, them. because one can't stay healthy. Right. Wentz, and, and he's got to bounce back from the injury, so was he just a, a flash in a pan one good year, and then it just kind of went away. With Foles – you know, he if he's on the right team, he could be really good. And, and I don't know if I mean here here's where here's where you're looking. I think realistically, Jacksonville's a front runner, right? I think Jacksonville. I mean, I would be shocked if he doesn't go to Jacksonville. And they need a quarterback. They'd be all over him. However, here's some other teams that would be looking at this. The New York Giants. Yeah, it's true. Depends on what they do in the draft. If you don't fall in love with a quarterback in the draft. Why not go get Nick Foles, who you know still has a potential 10 years in him. Or Josh Rosen. <laughs> or Josh Rosen. <laughs> go trade for Josh Rosen. But but they're they're a team that's in the market. Oh, that's I mean, you really think about the Rosen has now impacted where Foles might go and it's vice true. versa. It's true. So the, these guys are going to end up somewhere. So you got the Giants as one. I honestly, Cincinnati is a possibility. How much are they going to continue to believe in Dalton? Um, I think his aunt, the, the rope is near. I, it's very near, uh, you know. So I mean, there's there's some there's some different landing spots out there, and you know, what if you're a team like New Orleans? Now they got Teddy Bridgewater. Do they believe in him? But uh, you think about quarterbacks at the end of their rope, where they might retire. Um, and then, I mean, what if what if Denver and and Flacco and all that mess falls apart? I mean, they probably can't afford it. But there's some teams out there that can look at both these guys. Well, I'm glad you brought up Flacco. I feel like Denver jumped the gun so fast with so much still on the table. Like, they must really believe in Joe Flacco because why would they just all of a sudden go straight for Flacco when you could still have foes, you could do the draft like we asked. Yep. I mean, there's so many options, and you're just like, I'm hell-bent and determined it's going to be Joe Flacco leading our franchise. There wasn't many Denver fans that told us they were happy with Flacco. No, it was the majority wanted to see what was going to happen in the draft. Yeah, just just let it play out. I mean, they 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 saw enough of Keenum, ready to move on, but then they're like, oh, it's it's Keenan plus by getting. I mean, uh, uh, yeah, Flacco. and that's where I'm at. It's like if you're a Denver fan, you see you've already got Keenum. I mean, so like you getting Flacco is not going to really upgrade you. So you might as well just stick with what you have and see if you can upgrade through the draft and and play it like that. But to take on, I guess they're t- they took on that salary. Which is out of control. Yeah, I you know it's I I say Flacco plays one year and then they cut him and just take the cap casualty. I, I agree with you because I mean because he ain't gonna do it. I'm telling you right now, his agent is the best agent in all of sports <laughs> after that Super Bowl. I win. know, man. I I'm gonna turn three months of good football into 
This is your life, and you're I mean, now a millionaire. That, that should be everybody's go out there is to find someone who looks at them the way uh, Flacco's agent yeah, looked at them. Find someone who loves you the way Flacco's agent loves him. <laughs> and you're, you're well on your way. <laughs> I'm just saying. So in the NBA, is there anything more like just terrible to watch right now than the Boston Celtics? I mean, just ask Uncle Drew, man. It just He's going to be there, so uh, they're going to be just fine. Just come, come playoff time. He's there. They're good. I mean, they, they've just lost three games in a row, four games in a row, because they lost to the Trailblazers last night. They're, they're on this tough stretch. They're playing all these playoff teams. But, like, this team that, that was on the cusp of, of going to the finals last year without Hayward, without Irving, like, you get those pieces back, they were supposed to be the best team in the East. Yeah, and absolutely. They, they have been a train wreck all year, but it has gotten to, like, the low point now. It has. I, I don't know what's going on with him. I feel like Stevens does a much better job when he has, like, the – Less uh, to work with, Yeah, the right? no-name guys that's kind of hungry to play in the rotation. Then you get the, the egos back, and they're not really – Hayward don't seem like he has, like, the ego. He just hasn't been right since the injury. Oh. But, but Uncle Drew, man, he – He's a mess. He is. Like, did he's you, not a leader. Did you? Uh, he's clearly not. And and you're listening to the stuff after the the loss to the the Raptors, right? They get blown out, and you know Brad Stevens' comments were, you know, we something like we were lazy on defense. We we're taking shortcuts. We we're taking shortcuts. We weren't doing what we needed to do. And you know, they asked Kyrie Irving about it, and Kyrie Irving's like, "What's Brad's job to fix?" Oh, that's I didn't even hear that. That's, oh, yeah. that's ridiculous. Talk about good for team team chemistry. So then they go ask Marcus Smart, you know, where he says that everyone's just playing for themselves right now. We're not playing as a team. There's no chemistry. Smart said that. Yep. I so, like Marcus Smart. So they go ask Kyrie Irving about that. Well, that's Marcus's opinion. Wow. So you didn't even know that, and you just called him out how he's not a leader. So how do you feel now? Well, I mean. That's pathetic. I mean, that's supposed to be the guy that's leading your team to the promised land. How does any young player look up to that? You don't. And, and you know, here's the thing. If you're a Boston fan, do you even want Kyrie Irving back? No, absolutely not. I feel like you you just let Kyrie go because that's a piss-poor attitude and just take your chance to see if you can get Anthony Davis to come in and do take your luck with him. You don't need Kyrie to team up with him because he's a, he seems like he's a cancer. You, you don't want that. And, and, and look – Kyrie Irving go somewhere else because it, it just ain't working. In and, L.A. with LeBron, he's not going to L.A. I mean, he needs to go somewhere. He, here's what he's going to go to New York, oh, and, and he's going to hope he's going to hope Durant gets there. Zion, and what happens if they don't though? And then it's just him, and then the Knicks fans who trade away Porzingis are going to suffer through Kyrie Irving years for the next ten years. Oh God! Can you imagine Spike Lee? I feel bad for Spike Lee. He can't go through an, another few years like this. I mean, he's like one of the most passionate basketball fans, and I, I hate the Knicks, but well, I, I feel sorry for Spike Lee. Didn't the Knicks? They lost like twenty-one straight home games, yeah. and, then, and then Spike Lee goes to the Oscars, and he's not at the game, and they won. Yeah, I feel bad for Spike I mean, Lee. You got to give the man credit. He's a real fan. He's kind of took over the reins from like Jack Nicholson because I guess Jack Nicholson's like 90 now. And <laughs> Spike's like the new super fan. But he's looked at the same way forever. But that's out in La La Land. Right, you know? right, I right. mean, you get all the celebrities out there. I think I saw uh, Floyd Money Mayweather you know, at the game last night. And, you know, you got Anthony Davis, you know, going to L.A., got a huge ovation. No surprise there. That's got off. They're trying to trying to get him to sway his uh, clout to make him send him to L.A. in the offseason. But 
how do you how do you feel about this whole Anthony Davis thing? Like they they can't sit him down because the legal fine him, so they're playing him like twenty minutes. You're not playing in the fourth quarter, and like it was a close game last night, but your your star is nowhere to be found. I was thinking about this when I was watching the first game after the uh, All Star break and the trade deadline. It's the most awkward feeling I've ever seen watching an NBA basketball game because the fans at home, every time he touches the ball, they boo him. It, he's yeah. playing twenty minutes a game. And he's still going out there in his 20 minutes. He's playing hard. So I'll give him credit for those 20 minutes. But the, you can tell the teammates don't like him. The fans don't like him. He puts up his numbers in 20 minutes and goes and sits at the bench after his three quarters. Because it, it's so awkward. Well, because at this point, you're not, you know, you're not playing for the playoffs. Right. Like that's a foregone conclusion. But you're not even playing to get better because you're not playing with the team that you know you're going to have right. because they know they're trading them away. Every It's kind of like what happened with the Lakers. Where they went through that big dump spell because they didn't get the trade, but then everybody on the roster knew that they were just trade bait. I mean, that was the beginning of the end for them. I mean, let's be real. Lakers are not sniffing the playoffs. I think last they're like 30 and 31 now. But I think they'll make it. They're not making it. I, I think There's no way they take overtake the Spurs. I, no I, way. I think they'll, they'll be the eighth seed, and they'll get swept by the Warriors. There's no, they're not getting in. LeBron's a shell of himself defensively. What did you see? Like some of the clips they yeah. were shown, where like he just stands there, literally just standing there. Like literally, I feel like Canadian Biggie was in the paint. He would be running down and like take somebody's head off at least and could draw a foul or something. I mean, he probably would. I mean, and then that person would quit playing and never come back. I mean, but like LeBron <laughs> just stands there. You're, you're, if you're legit 280 pounds, throw your shoulder into somebody. I mean, he's not, he's not even running. Like, he stands there and watches them. And they had, like, shin splint Joakim Noah out here. <laughs> he got, like, 16 offensive boards in one series. And then, like, he was just padding his stats. And LeBron just standing there watching him. He's like, nice job, man, bud. Uh, I got one word for you. Activate. <sighs> He's activated for playoff mode, right? Nah, I, I still think with all that, they'll still come in. Eighth, because he's not gonna make it. Because when it gets down to the final few games, he he'll put a little bit more effort out there. But he there there'll get. I I don't know. What would you rather see? Because I know I know you don't like LeBron. Would you rather see them not make the playoffs or get blown out in four games by oh, the Warriors? I'd absolutely love to see him get swept by the Warriors. But here's what I'm gonna say: LeBron knows he wants to be part of the Warriors as a one eight seed. So I feel like he's going to not play defense and not make the playoffs because then he can blame his teammates. And that's the reason why they didn't make it. So he don't have to even face the Warriors. He don't want to know part of the Warriors this year. Well, no. And, and you know. He knows better. <laughs> if Maybe if they could get the seventh seed, he'd play a little harder. But if it's the eighth, yeah, maybe I'll just sit this one I out. I mean, he'd literally have to guard like Boogie Cousins because they're both so out of shape in that, in that series. <laughs> Boogie can still throw down, though. No, Boogie. He's playing defense. <laughs> I mean, Boogie, Boogie would tear LeBron up. But I'm just saying LeBron's so slow. That's the only person he could guard in their whole five. It's it's sad, man. It's terrible. He couldn't hey. even guard Draymond Green right now. Uh, and he's garbage this year. Yeah. So, so you know, we hit on Anthony Davis and his whole thing about, you know, should I play, should I not play? Well, did you hear, though, what the the, the, the reporter tried to bait him in? They're like, what do you think about when you touch the ball and the fans started booing? He's just like, I don't care. I, I really don't care anymore. Hey, he's, that's probably true, though. Yeah, yeah. Like, what, what else are you going to say at this uh, point? But he's just very up, up front about it. So, a different situation, but you, you mentioned earlier that the Knicks potentially could draft Zion Williamson. You know, we, we saw the, the, the sneaker blowout, and we gave, you know, LeVar Ball some love. We, we said big baller brand shoes. That wouldn't have happened. But Zion has missed a couple games. 
should he sit it down for the rest of the year or should he come back? I tend to agree with the uh, Black Mamba on this one. He uh, made the comment today that uh, you made a commitment to the university. If you're healthy, you need to come out and you need to play because that's your decision. You decided to come to college. You need to finish out the year and, and play. Yeah, I mean, this isn't football. Right. You you can get hurt in basketball. And you'll be just fine. But, yeah, I mean, unless you tear an ACL. Unless which you're can... like a Paul George. <laughs> well, he even came back. But, yeah, and you know. he, he's an MVP candidate yeah. this year. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not football. You know, it's a little different. I, I'm with you. He should play. You know, you can you can play and not do stupid things on the court to protect yourself. And look how bad Duke looks without him. Yeah, but how good has R.J. Barrett looked without him? No, I got you. I, I'm not so sure. He's not the number one pick. I don't know. I, I, st- I still think if I'm – as a Bulls fan, I want uh, Morant. You like Morant? I mean, if we don't – obviously, if, if you can get Zion, you take Zion. But if not, I want Morant. But Zion's only 6'6". Six, six. He's like a like – a, but he can't shoot. He's like a glorified Charles Barkley, a little bit, a little bit taller, a little bit fatter already. Because I, I think he's fatter than Barkley was coming out of college. I would call him a short Blake Griffin. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. I mean, and, and you know, I, I don't know how well that's going to work being six six in the NBA doing that style of game. I will say this: I agree with Barkley because he got all pissed off about the everybody making fun of the Nike shoes. Yeah, he's like, these are good shoes. They've been the best damn shoes, and in, in the last two decades, they don't blame the shoes, and I'm. You almost kind of got to blame the offensive lineman out there trying to make cuts going down the floor. Cause that's the size of Zion. He's an offensive lineman. He pretty much is. He's like, uh, he's he's about the size of LeBron right yeah, now, just is. not as tall, a couple yeah, exactly. inches shorter. Yeah. It's still dark. I can't believe I have sat with you for an hour in pitch black recording a podcast. I mean, we still got like they're saying we still got like five hours before it even comes back on. So uh, I mean, we could do another podcast if you want. Let's We've, get next week's ready. I don't know if the battery life will make <laughs> it, and I think Canadian Biggie will be a little sore if uh, he he misses out on two shows. So, brother, we're sorry we left you up there in the frozen tundra and you weren't able to participate. But we'll get back at it next week, and we'll have a little announcement on next week's show. We will have a special guest interview coming up in March that I'm really, really excited about. And this guy creates some content that I know I look at every single freaking day. And a lot of you probably do too. So stay tuned and look forward to hearing that announcement. We'll get it to you probably next week. Tony Momo.